Welcome to Friendly Shadows. Today I have Luca and Brian Jin. Carrie is sleeping in. It's a total musician day here on the Friendly Shadows. Let's talk. Friendly Shadows. I'm Kelly. I have Luca and Soap. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I just asked them to talk a little bit about themselves and try to include where they're from. Thanks, guys. Take it away. Okay, so I'm Luca. Um, I'm British, but I live in Paris. So I'm from Paris, I suppose. I actually live in Normandy. Anyway, and um, DJ Son of a Pitch, a.k.a. Soap, is, you know, my main man and uh, multi-instrumentalist DJ extraordinaire with whom I have just uh, produced two albums kind of back-to-back in a bunker over the last year. And one of them is coming out um, in on December 16th. It's called Friday Night Rockstar. I'm kind of starstruck because I've been listening to your music all day. And ah, cool. <laughs> and the, the only question that I could think to ask you first, like I just imagined it in my head, like I do some songs, you know, uh, asking Luca this question. Is there any kind of music you're scared to touch? Is there any kind of music you don't do? Well, basically anything where you have to really sing. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so opera, that, I guess. Yeah, opera is like a big no. Would be a tough um, spot for you. Yeah, no. I mean, like soap is is a is a, a genre bender, and he has been for for years. He's been doing a bunch of different stuff, and I've always enjoyed that too. So, like, if we both work together, obviously, it's going to be pretty zany in terms of influences but yeah i suppose that there are i mean i know i'm i'm, I'm really enjoying uh doing collabs and i did a couple on on friday night rockstar and um i'm you know looking forward to doing some more because it gives you that um extra kind of amount of what is possible with the song so if, if i actually work with a singer who can do kind of an operatic range or whatever um then i can you know kind of wrap it in the background and, and then suddenly it kind of goes to opera and then that way we can actually do an opera song uh, <laughs> so, but yeah it's 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 the singing thing that actually i i enjoy singing and i actually kind of i'm moving more towards singing uh than rapping now 
uh, as as time goes along. But it is kind of you know punky singing. It's not singing singing really. I am so impressed when I listen to the music. The first verse isn't the same as the second verse. There's always little surprises jumping out at you through the whole song, but it never takes you out of the experience. It only adds to the atmosphere and it's like, oh yeah, this is Luca. This is what this is what happens. And I'm just really impressed by all those movements. Who does all that stuff? Well, the the, the fact that the verses are different are generally based on the fact that um uh, um I'm unable to recreate the same thing the second round time, <laughs> you know. So I just, I just kind of ad lib a, a second verse, and obviously a lot of the the um, the musical progression and and the, the the focus on on making it evolve that that soap. Um, depending on the tracks, like I mean, this this Friday Night Rockstar, I'd say about eighty percent soap. I I do work with. Um, a couple of other composers so i don't want it to kind of seem that that, that they haven't done anything on there so notably like ben samama um i've worked with him on a few songs um but yeah soap, soap is really into kind of ma- making sure that it isn't boring say something about this soap yeah well i'm i'm glad to hear that from from kelly because that's what exactly what i'm trying to do so i'm happy when uh, people notice that but it's supposed to be discreet because uh at the end, it's uh, it's uh, it's a kind of music that's that's uh, simple. So there's not many chords. The 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 beats are always uh, four four. It's uh, it's not very intellectual music. But we want little surprises all the time, as you said. We want people to want to listen to it again several times and to enjoy it every time and discover new details. So, but it has to be discreet. It has to be not too obvious, you know. And of course, I use a, a lot of uh, Luca's ideas to find mine, to find those uh, variations. I'm, I make my instrumental, and then when I have his final lyrics, his final verses, and all, I, I try to adapt every instrument because I'm, I'm making music on computer, but I want, I want it to be almost as live as a band. So, almost every track in the in the song as to react to what he says. Uh, I was just going to say, that's what's really interesting about listening to a song again. Like if I go back to listen to what the lyrics are, then I'll notice that there's maybe a sound effect or something that I didn't notice the first yeah. time. And it's a, it's a way of keeping the song fresh on multiple listens. And I, I really exactly. appreciate little stuff like that because that's what I tried to do on my album. And I just, I like it when other people get that. Yeah, I mean, and I think that also, you know, when when you're in the kind of process of of mix mastering um, an album or even just a track, you listen to it so many times that if you don't actually add stuff that makes it kind of be enjoyable through the progression of the song, then you get really, really tired with it yourself. So, (laughs) So you're kind of like... Oh my God, we got to release this song. I hate it so much. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> the hardest so, part. Yeah, no, but it's it's good. It's good if the the the, the track actually does have you know a, a bit of progression. I mean, like 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 Soap was saying, it's not jazz, but you know, still. Yeah, when when I said that, I meant that um, in the end, I, I want that music to be simple and uh, you know powerful, but uh, I I want to find balance be, between. Um, 
you know, uh, dance floor music almost because most many tracks on his album are like almost uh, club ready, you know, dance floor ready. So I want to keep that uh, those simple ideas and these impactful drops, but still I want to have a bit of complexity in the background. So we try to find the balance. I I almost think the lyrics are. I mean, I would have thought you were talking about the lyrics if I didn't know we were just talking about the music. Maybe that's the maybe that's the secret. He he works uh, uh, with the same mindset maybe while writing. So maybe that's why we 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 enjoy working together. Yeah, I I think y'all are really onto something. Uh, what we say, y'all in Texas? No problem. Oh, you in Texas? I am in Texas. Yes. I was about to ask you where you were located because I need to know where everyone is. <laughs> me <laughs> too. A, a world map in front of me. <laughs> Me too. Deep in the heart of Texas. Yes, cool. that's right. Cool. And and not too far from Oklahoma. They call it spitting distance from Oklahoma. Uh, so here. it's like eight mm. hours on the Greyhound then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spitting distance in America is, is a lot longer than than, than in Europe. <laughs> uh, my my brother in uh my brother in law uh lives for a year in Texas. He was in a tiny, tiny city. Um that was like eight hours from Austin and everybody was like, you know, Austin's just next door. And you're like, no, it's not. It's eight hours away. Eight hours away is the entire span of France. Um, so <laughs> like that's as far as you can go in France is eight hours drive, basically. So eight hours isn't close, but for, for, for Texas, it is apparently. You know, uh, I was a truck driver for 12 years and a lot of times I would drive from Los Angeles to Orlando, Florida. Wow. And if you do that drive, you are literally technically in Texas a third of that drive. And so <laughs> yeah. Texas is huge. 900 miles across, 500 miles up uh, north and south. Uh it's just a enormous state. And it's also it's so big that it's got massive cities that no nobody's ever heard of like Corpus Christi. It's Corpus Christi and you're like, "What?" I've never heard of that city. Yeah. It's an actual <laughs> city? Yeah. Oh, yeah. City, yeah. 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 Damn. As far as let's uh, as far as your lyrics, which is what I really wanted to talk about before uh I let you go, and then we can talk about anything you want. Are you at any time during recording of this uh freestyling, or is this because it seems awfully coherent to me? Like that's, like that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can understand what you're saying, and sometimes you make me laugh. And uh, the oh, there's one song that just broke my heart uh, about um, witnessing a, a, a death, and oh my god, oh, yeah, just... fallen, yeah, fallen. Um, and uh, I'm a producer. We don't know the names of the songs. We just go, it's that one about the you know whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I wanted you to talk about your lyric process maybe either it's different each time maybe um i don't know what what well, goes on there because i'm a big yeah. fan well well thank you um for that um i i generally i mean you know i was in bands uh before you know doing this kind of solo project i mean it's not solo i'm not, not on my own but it's under my moniker so and and we used to do songs where you know, people would um, like the person, the guitarist comes up with an idea and he says, you know, I, I want this song to be about, you know, being in prison. And so 
as a lyricist, you kind of try and get into the mind frame of of being in prison and and you write a song. But a lot of the time you you kind of actually feel like you're kind of lying a bit because it's not really about your life experiences and you're you're, you're trying to project yourself into a persona that you're not really. And what I really enjoy with um with this project is that it's just me um in terms of you know lyrical content and and what it's and what it's about. And so I'm just kind of like telling the stories of my insanely mundane uh crazy life you know so i i do get up to some wild shit but it is pretty mundane and i do watch tennis and eat pesto so i write i write about that and it does it kind of comes to me pretty much um naturally because it's it's just like really honest and and just like my everyday life so like a song like incredible i just i went to a party and and got drunk <laughs> but anyway and I started singing at the top of my voice and everybody told me to shut up because it was awful. And so I got berated the next day for having ruined the evening. And so I wrote a song about it, you know, and it's just like, I'm just telling the story of me going to a party and, and, and singing really loud and people telling me to shut up. So it, 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 it's kind of easier to write when, when you kind of click into the kind of thing that you're just telling your own story. Um, you don't ever really look for anything to write so some some of the verses i kind of write in 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 four minutes on on soap's uh sofa while he's doing uh a progression on the instrumental and then we just we just lay it down and it literally took four minutes to write so i love when art speaks to me and it's ironic because you're actually speaking <laughs> <laughs> and and it and it and it just dawned on me, you know, hey, I'm getting emotional here in this song, or hey, this song's uh, making me laugh, or uh, and as a reviewer or a part time or you know whatever kind of reviewer, it's pretty rare, you know. I'm usually looking for other things, and and listening for other things, and and the first thing I noticed about your music was how beautifully produced it is. Not just the instrumentation, but the mixing and the mastering and everything. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, yeah. I mean, like on the first three EPs, um, I, I worked with 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 Soap uh, to to do like the uh, instrumentation and stuff, and we 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 used a um, a mixer that's a mate of mine um, that I grew up with, and we got it mastered by. Um, uh shab who's who's kind of a, he's a big deal in france he, he got three grammys so the, the focus was always on on uh actually kind of getting the best possible uh sound you know um especially if you're going to do stuff that's a bit punky and a bit you know in your face it's important that it sounds good and then for these albums uh when when we were talking about producing them with, with soap he, he kind of expressed that he really wanted to, to to mix them because he's a he's a professional mixer um as well and and so we we decided to do that and it was cool and it's turned out great i really i really love the way they they sound do you want to say a few words on that mate no um uh, can you still hear me yeah oh yes oh shit i can't hear myself in the headphones so i'm switching back to the speakers uh no i'm i'm really happy to hear that and um I don't know if I'd say I, I, 
I really wanted to mix it on my on my own because uh, sometimes it's uh, comfortable to make make it done by someone else. But um, half of the instrumentals were in str strange enough uh, for me to want to mix it myself. Uh, sorry for my syntax; it's, it's getting buggy, but uh, I think you get me. There's uh, mm -hmm. some 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 instrumentals that I found uh, too too clubby or too strange or too UK because it's the main inspiration for me, UK club music, bass music, um, to give it to someone else. But all the rest that was more pop and rock, I, I also loved uh, the way it was mixed by uh, by the guy who mixed the, the three hippies. So I wouldn't be that uh, uh, sure about myself, but, um, but it's true that when you... When you take the songs from the the very beginning, uh, like from uh, uh, the lyrics in their first uh, state, uh, just over a loop that Luca chose to write on, um, when you take those 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 songs from the very beginning beginning and you are a mixer yourself, you want to you want to go at the to the end of the process. You want to to do the whole thing. So so that's true. I'm 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 quite happy to 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 do the the whole thing. Uh, like. Um, arranger uh composer and, and mixer it, it it gives that uh very a uh, unified uh result how do you say that in english uh yeah, unified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah unified yeah yeah unified cohesive anything like that yeah yeah you've got I, br worked. brilliant english mate brilliant top top stuff <laughs> thanks uh it really worked i wanted this next question is for you so i wanted to know what maybe because I hear everything from gosh uh there's one song I heard I think I heard maybe a gospel little thing going on or it sounded very old and kind of gospelish and then there's just influence I mean just everything you're throwing at these songs and it works it's so cohesive I have to know what it sounded like for you growing up huh, you mean what I was listening to what you were listening to, what you may have heard on the radio, uh, because you are from a different planet than I am, basically. And <laughs> I am just enthralled with the world that you've created in these songs. No, oh, I'm stoked to hear that. But, but um, <laughs> it's uh, when I was a kid, I was listening to mainstream stuff. But uh, basically, but uh, I, I, there was some jazz in the background all the time. Because my dad uh, used to listen to like Mingus or Miles or Thelonious Monk or uh, artists like that, which are still important for me now. And uh, on the other side of the family, my mom's father, so my my grandfather on the mother's side, was um, a professional jazz saxophonist who got tired at some point around his forties. He was tired to have to, he had to to go to shitty gigs you know to make a living so he stopped and he became a truck driver so i wanted to mention that because he chose to 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 drive trucks to to have a, a proper job instead of making music in a way he didn't want to you know wow and um and he did that for like 30 more years before retiring but um so it was yeah it was mainstream shit and and some good jazz because the grandfather was more like a 30s eras uh, big bands 
Ellington and all the stuff and tango too. And my dad was into more modern jazz. And then uh, around 18, uh, I discovered the turntables and I fell in love with um, house music first um, because it was the French touch era, you know, in 1999. So it was uh, Daft Punk, of course, and uh, Bob Sinclair and all the French stuff crew. And like two years later, I discovered um, the UK sounds, which were like... Uh, like uh, comme on dit bouillonnant uh, very like, rich at that time very lively at yeah, that time with blowing up yeah. blowing up yeah like jungle music and then grime and uh, dubstep after that and um incredible and main... <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then they 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 led me to um, I wanted to find the original that were sampled so that led me to Jamaican music and um and I think that's about it. Yeah, and I, I think also, you know, in the way that we work together, the 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 fact that we have kind of like a lot of common heroes, um, yep, is is good and has has helped the proceeds because, like, we 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 both grew up in the in the you know eighties and nineties, and and we, it turns out we have a, a lot of music that we kind of shared um, growing up without knowing about it originally and and so and actually I don't, I don't know whether we can say this or not but on the next album it's not the one that comes out in december we've actually managed to record a song with elephant man um and so as you know he was kind of a childhood teenage year uh hero of mine and of soaps um, and yeah, we were, one one night when we were drunk, we we admitted it to each other, <laughs> and we we thought we should we should call him, <laughs> and we called him, and he said yes. So there's mm -hmm. an elephant man Luca track, uh, wow. that that will be out soon. Well, soon, no, not soon, but that will be out at one point. I think it's really awesome that you have found each other because the music you make is great. It's really atmospheric. It sounds very pleasant. Uh, even the lyrics go to serve the purpose of the song. Uh, it's all very important stuff to me. And I just uh, want to commend you both for it. Thank you. Oh, thank oh, you very thank much. You. And, you, and you are right. It's it's hard to find. I, I, I've had some good collaborations with other people, but uh, it was less easy than with him. I mean, on the human level and uh, even on, on the professional level. But uh, yeah, we found each other, I think. <laughs> That's why we made so many tracks and we got two albums coming. Yeah, it's like, that what, was... 30, 30 of, I know, it's about 50 tracks almost now, total, mm -hmm. since the beginning. So yeah, but I mean, just a word of advice to kids out there, you know, who want to find their their musical soulmate, um, you know, just do gigs. I met, I met, soap at a gig and we were playing and he was doing the dj set afterwards and we drank rum and talked <laughs> and then That's you know true. and then this happens so you know even if you do even gigs if, and don't do drugs kids yeah don't you don't do drugs <laughs> but i hope kids will be able to go to gigs in a few years yeah <laughs> true, true. They shut down again no, but it, it is funny i mean i i always I, sometimes i think about it the fact that you know that we actually met doing a gig for like i was in another man and the fact that we actually stayed in contact after that is it is kind of a bit of a weird thing how it happened it was kind of you know 
it just it just kind of happened i suppose like most things in life but um and there's been several yeah. years be, be, in between oh it's about five years in between yeah 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 it's just like getting drunk once and then then me calling you back <laughs> for five years later saying hey man <laughs> you want to do a track <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there are things that you talk about in like a huddle situation when you go to plan a project or a song, or if you guys are like, just, Hey, here's this, Hey, here's this, here's this, this, you know, uh, I wonder how much planning goes into the creative process that you two do. I'm not a good planner at all. And <laughs> that, that's true. And to be can't remember the shit <laughs> don't say don't say anything <laughs> and i think the, um, the 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 tracks i love the most on the two albums are the ones we did in like two hours i mean the the the, the core of the composition uh not the ones we we fucked around for like two months so i, I find uh i find happiness in being a, a bad planner <laughs> Yeah, and I and I think that you know that mo most of the time we kind of have a a common vision that doesn't even need to be expressed in a huddle. You know, it's just like this is where the song is going, and we kind of both know it, and so we don't even talk about it. And sometimes, and it doesn't happen often, but sometimes we kind of disagree on where a song should go, and and those are the complicated ones to finish because you kind of like, I don't really like the way this is going. <laughs> And the other guy's like, oh, this would be great if you did this like that. And you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me. But and and so, but that's happened like like maybe once or twice out yeah, of like 50 yeah, songs. React. So yeah, compared to how I work normally, it's very, very scarce. The no, the only things we have to plan is the, um, the recordings of the other musicians because there are many instruments I don't play especially the guitar and we're making sometimes the uh, rock music so we need guitars and i don't play them at all so we got guitarists on the on the songs but also other instruments and that we have to yeah we have to plan of course but that's about yeah. it yeah and we have to plan and, and and kind of debate a bit because it's it's a lot of it's you know it's a post-covid world so a lot of the stuff is is recorded from afar And so you'll yeah. you'll be like, can can you do this? Can you do like a funk line on? And I'll give you the chords, and can you play the funk line to these chords? And the guy sends it back, and it's not like funky at all. And you're like, damn, that's <laughs> not familiar. really a funk line, is I'm it? <laughs> and so you're like, okay, but that's not really okay. And so yeah, it is. And and you and obviously you're also you know kind of asking for a favor, so you can't be just like. You know, get your shit in gear. Do me a fucking no. fuck line, man. You can't, you, can't, you, you can't do that. So you're like, that's awesome. That's not exactly how I had it, you know, in my yeah. head. And then you send like vocal messages saying like, and then they're like, they think you're really weird. So yeah, that, that can be. But I mean, I, I think that the... Um, The, the, you know, I have had John Mickey uh, do a bunch of guitar parts for, for for this album, and he he's a really he's a really good silent partner in the sense that um, he'll he'll tell you straight up if if he can't do it or he doesn't want to do it or he doesn't play like that, and he'll be like, you know, this is what I can do with a guitar, um, and I can do it well, and if you if you want something else, ask someone else, and that's that's um, a good approach. I think to have yeah 
yeah, it's important to to be able to set the boundaries and, and don't try to to do what uh, others do better and you don't really want to do. Absolutely, that's what I, I have to to do a lot because uh, they say I, I do a lot of genre, genres. Genre? How do you say that? Genre, genre, genre genres. Genre, yeah. genre is hard to say. Um, they say I do a lot of different styles, but uh, I'll, I'll say style. <laughs> but um, actually, I, I'm really careful about what I enjoy to do, and I don't try to mimic uh, anything. And I think it's the same for John Michi. Uh, he knows what he can do and what he wants to do, and uh, there's no there's no try. You know, I had an album earlier this year where we had 23 people um, collaborating on 10 songs and it took me 13 months. So I identify with the, uh, with the whole collaborative process that you speak of. And when someone doesn't get the atmosphere or the style that you're going for, but they're doing you a favor. (laughs) I get that. I get that. Yeah. A lot. It's not not easy. You think they're doing a favor, but they they do a lot more if they just say, "Mm, no, that's not for me. But I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, my favorite ones are the ones that just don't say anything. Like uh, they say yes one day. And then two weeks later, you, you still haven't heard anything else. And it's like, oh, those are my favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. But I mean, oh, yes. I, I've found it, it. That's understandable. And, and you know, I, I've had that as well. Um, I've done that you know, where, where people kind of reach out to you and say, you know, would you like to do a collab on this song? Or, you know, would you like to do a cover of this song? Or would you like to do something on this song? And they send you the thing and you just don't feel it at all. You're just like, I, I have no idea what I could do on that. And it wouldn't make it better. And, and it's really hard to say, I'm not feeling this at all. So you kind of, you know, I, I, you know, I end up by saying it because obviously, but you kind of, you kind of drag it out a bit in the sense that you're like, ah, oh, man, maybe, maybe something will come to me at one point. So I'm not going to say no. And you, you know, you, you like them. So you kind of want to help out and, and it's always flattering if somebody wants you on their song. So you kind of want to try and do that, especially in the indie community. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, if I, if I was Madonna and I had a, a million dollar deal and, and label saying you can't do collabs unless they've paid us so much that would be different but basically anybody who wants me on their track i'm inclined to try and help them out um just because i, I enjoy making music but but sometimes you just don't feel it and it is it isn't easy to say no um so i can understand that and I found in my relationship with people in collabs, initially I kind of sent off stuff and said, you know, could you do a, a chorus here? And they would take ages and or eventually kind of just disappear. And since I've started sending them a top line that I have written and they just have to re-sing, uh, that, is, that works really well. Basically, I, I record the thing. And I send it over and say, "Can you can you just re-record this?" And they yes. uh, generally, I get I get it back in an hour. Yeah, uh, it works stencil. really well. But but like if if you say I've I've left a blank space for the chorus, think of something. Um, basically, if they think of something really cool, they're probably going to want to keep it for themselves, which is understandable. 
That's and, right. Uh, and otherwise, they kind of like don't really think of something. So it's, it's, it's easier if you, if you send the top line. That's great advice, everybody. When you're collaborating with someone, uh, and us on Twitter have a tendency to collaborate a lot, uh, send a stencil. It's awesome. It's so cool yeah. when you get that. Yeah. Hey, guys, I really enjoyed this interview so much. Uh, I just want you to talk about what you're up to now, what you want people to listen to, where they can find you, all that good stuff, because I really think it's important that people listen to you. Cool. Thanks, man. So do you want to say where where you can listen to us? Uh, To us? Or to you. Uh, uh, because to I, you, I was checking my my the correct uh, addresses on my social networks because I'm <laughs> I'm so bad at uh, promoting myself because I'm not even sure of the name of my Instagram account. So, <laughs> but uh, to listen to us, yeah, the, um, the first three EPs they're on your Bandcamp. I think Bandcamp is the best way. I know in the US and UK, uh, people are more aware of this, but in France, we are struggling to teach people they should go to Bandcamp when they want to support an artist. That's right. Because uh, here in France, it's mostly used by musicians, a, a tiny portion of them, but uh, the, the the listeners are, are not aware of that, uh, except for hardcore fans. So you should go to Lucas Bandcamp to check out the three EPs we made last year or the year before. I'm lost. And, um, and that should uh, make you... Uh, wait to the for the for the release of the, the upcoming album which is also available on Mancamp for pre-sale as digital vinyl and CD. Um, yeah you can you can have a vinyl to the to two, two yeah, of the vinyl tracks. yeah vinyl too yeah yeah, yeah. i just vinyl with, with record citizens i signed a deal with record citizens and they they they're producing the vinyl um it's Man. it's not a label deal but it's a it's a uh it's a um uh, vinyl production deal so yeah they're producing the vinyl and um and it will be made no matter what that's great news uh i just yeah. learned in an episode earlier uh this month that vinyl actually saves the environment if you're going to stream a song more than 17 times Oh cool. shit! So my joke, my joke is not valid then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because apparently the air conditioning and the cost of streaming uh, on all the servers and everything—if you're going to yeah. stream it more than seventeen times, you're better off buying it on vinyl or CD. So, That's yeah, it's it's crazy how kind of like all the the some some of the bad ideas we come up with to try and save energy. Um, yeah it does it's always moving to some other bad uh... yeah it's like you know it's like all those you know electric cars that took fire and in the in the storm in florida and you're just like okay we're gonna move on to electric cars now but if it rains it'll blow up (laughs) that's gonna that's gonna help the environment isn't it yeah it's, it's a bit weird but um, yeah, it's but you know, with, with with twenty twenty hindsight, it's 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 easy to to you know to 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 jest. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's sometimes, you know, like they say, hell is paved with good intentions. So I actually found out that the plastic bag was invented to uh, save uh, the environment because it was a dude in Sweden 
who was upset because we were using too many um, trees to make uh, paper oh. bags. Oh, and of so he, he, he had a great idea. It was like, if I made, you know, um, bags out of petroleum residue, um, that would save trees. Oh, and, and now we've got like an eighth continent of plastic in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and and like it's like that wasn't the best call mate but you know it was it, it was a it was a good good he had good intentions so yeah That's and great. also so if you want to check out the music you can uh, i'm you know on twitter it's like um twitter slash luca l-e-w-c-a you can find me on most platforms. Uh, it's either Luca.music or Luca Music um, attached. And go and check out uh, DJ Son of a Pitcher's page on SoundCloud. There's a lot of awesome stuff that he's done on there. His own uh, music and collabs that he's done with uh, a bunch of, of great people. And it's, um, it's a great listen. So go and check that out. Thank you so much, you guys, for showing up and for being patient with me. It was really great to connect. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you, man. That's and really, I'll check that's, yours, that's too. Really I'll check your music, too. Thanks, Luca. Thanks, Soap. We really appreciate you coming on and talking with the shadows all the way from Paris. Next, we travel to St. Louis to talk to Brian Jinn. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself. Take it away, uh, Brian. Brian Jinn is me, and sometimes it's me and others. Uh, it is a single identity, and sometimes it's a multiple identity. It's a very interesting existence. Um, in this particular case, recent album that we have out now on Bandcamp and will soon have out on the streaming platforms, uh, Brian Jinn is a quartet. So I, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult to sort of <laughs> talk about who you are if who you are changes from project to project sure let's go ahead and talk about you as a person uh as okay. an artist and i'm gonna ask you like where are you from uh okay you, you sound like you're from fairly close to here actually and i happen to know from talking to you on text that you're somewhere st louis maybe uh yeah so can you talk about yeah. the music there and the music uh, that you were exposed to growing up Okay, well, uh, I actually am from relatively close to your neck of the woods. I'm a, I was an army brat born in Fort Hood, Texas, lived in a little town called Copperas Cove in my toddler years. My parents relocated me here to uh, the bi-state area, St. Louis, um, where I've been ever since. And uh, as far as what I was raised on, there are two three actually three instances where i can point to where i knew that music was it for me first one was when i heard take it easy and take it to the limit by the eagles as a toddler in fact from what my uh, my mom told me my first public performance was as a three-year-old 
at the tavern that my grandfather owned, standing on a table and singing along to the jukebox, Take It to the Limit. So, you know, it goes back that far. <laughs> um, and uh, another time, again, a lot happened when I was three and four. Uh, as a three-year-old, having one of those Fisher-Price record players in my, uh, in my room, my dad, I don't know what he was thinking, but I'm glad he did it. He brought in the, this uh, album, Credence Gold, and put it on. And I heard Proud Mary for the first time. And I remember my little three-year-old brain thinking, oh, I like that. And uh, then the probably the biggest, uh, biggest musical revelation was when my dad had purchased for my mom a Gordon Lightfoot album in 1980. Um, uh, an album entitled Dream Street Rose. And when I, the first opening notes of, uh, of Sea of Tranquility, which is the first song on the album, I was hooked. And it's just, I knew I wanted to make sounds like what I was hearing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the, as far as the scene here, there isn't one really, but there are some, some great, uh, there are some great acts that, uh, that I've come across uh, by way of, you know, scanning Spotify and Twitter, one of which I re recently went and saw in person, uh, a band by the name of Boxcar. They're, they're a really good band, and I, I hope everybody gets a chance to check them out. Awesome. Awesome. I love, I love uh, hearing about the local scene and, and uh, an artist's influences. I uh, was listening to the album, uh, on Bandcamp that uh, you shared with me uh, earlier today. And I noticed that there's a lot of reverence for old sounds, uh, but there's a lot of new stuff going on too. It opens up with these for folks that don't know, or that are about to experience it. There's this bombastic opening. I want to know what, you know, exactly you have as far as philosophies go towards laying down this particular project. Was there a cohesive theme? You said you had a quartet. What what were some of the things y'all might have talked about going forward on the project? Well, you know, this was the the most interesting album project and and the album that uh, that you're alluding to is the brand new one called You Are the Moon. And, uh, of course, the track in question, opening track, is Tooth and Claw. Now, I, I've got to honestly say that uh, at the time that we started writing the songs, and I say we, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I write the majority of the material, but I, as far as, like, lyrics and melody, but I can't do that all the way without, without the guys behind me. So, <clears throat> and, you know, and Nick, he's, he's, you know, he's back working with me on this project and he's contributed a couple tunes and some orchestra. But as far as a, as a philosophy, it's been a really strange ride actually making this record. It didn't actually start out being an album. Uh, it started out, I'd been kind of just plodding my feet along as it were. 2022 and late 21 and early 22 were kind of a disappointing year for me on a personal level. And I kind of last year at the end of the year, I put out an album called the last good high and looking back, you know, 
I don't know if you've ever done this with any of the singles you put out, but you know, I'll look back on something and say either, yeah, that was a great idea or I really just shouldn't have done that that way. And the last good high was me having had enough of everything and just putting out what I had. The last good high was sort of, uh, I stopped the project in this place and just put out what was there. And that was kind of my mentality moving forward. Now, the song you were talking about, the opener, Tooth and Claw, <clears throat> was a song that Casey and I wrote together. Uh, he plays a little guitar, he's percussion, mainly harmony vocals, but he does get a chance to do some lead on, the, on, the, on this album. He and I wrote this song, it was like two days after my mom's death. And so it was sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what headspace I was in to be writing such a song, but it's not really what I kind of, it's not what I pictured writing after such an event. But, you know, more to the, the creation of the record, as it were, it just, it was really in steps. I kind of did some traveling and I started you know, song by song writing. And I got to thinking, I wasn't thinking in terms of an album. I was thinking, oh, this is a good track. And one case is uh, Moments Flat. But I released it as a single because I didn't think I was going to be coming back here uh, to St. Louis to record with the band again. And so what I put out was a solo performance, just a voice and ukulele, which it was good on its own. But I think what we did with the album is much better. I was writing songs here and there and thinking, oh, that's a great song. That's a great song. I'll just put that out and call it a day. I'll put this song out and call it a day. And the mentality really changed when I wrote a song called Way Down These Branches. And I, I actually showed you and uh, you and Carrie uh, came up with some great ideas. So, yes, folks, Kelly and Carrie are both on on this song. And when you sent me back what you did i was actually with my my wife and kids at uh, the missouri history museum when you sent it back and i kind of slipped away into a little uh like where the bathrooms are at the museum and i put the phone up to my ear and i was listening to it and i heard what you all did and it was just like oh that's nice that's really nice and it's like right then and there like the the wind hit my sails and it's like I've got to do more with this and all the material that I've written around it. And this has got to be a brand new, this has got to be a, a project. And I don't know if it'll be an album, but it'll be more than just a song. And so I was thinking EP and the more I started working on it, like pieces started falling into place. Uh, uh, Nick and, and I hadn't worked together in a while and we got to, talking back and forth and just kind of trading songs and it got to be where hey nick can you lay down a, a would you be willing to lay down a bass track here a harmony vocal there and it got to where it's like hey we've got these two great songs that we've done together that i've just finished up just 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 for the sake of finishing them what do you think and it just turned into okay this has got to be an album now this is this is turning into something bigger and it wound up being the honeymoon period that I'm in, I'm sure. But I personally feel like this is probably the best record that we've ever done. Oh, I love that feeling. You know, uh, I, I know what that feels like to be in the zone, creating content that 
or content, you know, whatever music or in my case, podcasts or that you feel like is some of the best stuff you've ever done. That's a, it's really great. You're there. Hopeful it lasts forever and ever and ever, because I just love that zone so much. You mentioned a couple of names. I'm wondering if you can talk about the help that you got besides Carrie and I, the help that you got uh, on this record and maybe give them a little credit for it here on the show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the guys that, uh, that appear on most of, if not all of the tracks, um, it really go, it starts with Casey Wahlberg, who I've actually written songs with probably since we were in high school. So that kind of puts a lot of mileage behind us. Uh, he and I co-wrote a few of the songs and we've just always had this Simon and Garfunkel thing where we'll, we'll find songs to sing in harmony and I, it just works. Neil De Silva, who uh, has been on every record since Birmingham new street. And, uh, he's the drummer and he's also gotten into the habit of providing vocals and his, uh, vocals tend to be of the more, charismatic and uh entertaining sort he's your falsetto singer in tooth and claw uh and then nick cladke who is bass player guitar player keyboard player uh he and i both i guess are multi-instrumentalists so the those three guys and myself at the core um and of course uh, there was a few piano keys plunked upon by my uh, my youngest daughter who appears at the end of the track looking glass so yeah there are there are a lot of a lot of hands that that made this record that's great uh <clears throat> you know i was wanting to know who the drummer was he said his name was nick is that right uh neil neil i'm sorry uh, did, uh, be honest. Were there ever times uh, when y'all were recording where you were like, "Dude, just go nuts"? Oh yeah, I, 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 I always, uh, I always condone going crazy. Um, and you know, because of where we're all located, the the four of us are not all in the same place. Nick kind of lives. I'd say about a hundred miles away. So him coming into the studio just isn't something that can happen. And so what we would do, and I don't know if, if you recall the track from Birmingham new street, the opener candy Graham for Mongo, the uh, it's an instrumental and it's an improv instrumental where we just started jamming. And the other two guys didn't know that I had hit the record button and there there's a track on this album that's very much like that is as best as we can do all being separate locations uh, there's an instrumental called moon down where neil he came in to do some drum tracks and what he likes to do before he starts laying down tracks just do some warm-up exercises and so i took it upon myself uh unbeknownst to him to record his warm-up and I then listened back to his warm up, and I thought, you know what? That sounds like the backbone of a great jam. <laughs> and so uh, I sent it to Nick, and Nick laid down some bass, sent it back to me, and I added guitar and harmonica. And so uh, the jamming continued. 
Oh, great. Although I don't know how happy I would be if you uh, <laughs> recorded me warming up. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the hazard working with me is I, I tend to be a little unorthodox in my approach. So it's like, yeah, I didn't know you recorded that. Uh, and I, I keep waiting for the next phrase to be, um, you really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but so far, my results have been pretty good. You know, you and I have known each other for a while on uh, social media, you know, and and we've texted back and forth sometimes. And I've known you to be, you know, there's certain things that you do talk about. There's certain things that you don't talk about. But here lately, I've noticed on Twitter that there's this something different about you is am I off base there? Are, are you coming to some new things with this album about how you're portraying yourself outwardly? The I've made some conscious decisions in, in, you know, how I portray myself because especially because I'm working with other people, I'm not really portraying myself. I'm portraying, you know, a, a whole group of people. And so, you know, I, there was a time that I would be, it's hard to, you know, appraise this kind of thing. I used to be a little bit more politically minded. And it's not to say that I don't hold the same opinions or, or, or maybe my opinions have changed, this, that, or the other. I, I just, I don't get involved in social issues. I, I feel like I'm, I'm wanting to appeal to as many people, regardless of their opinions, regardless of their background. I just... I just, I don't know, I have a, a more of an optimism, I think, about the material here, and I kind of want to show that. It's funny how when we make, you know, most of the times, I don't know about you, but most of the times me, as a songwriter, I'll make turds. I'll make, you know, they won't be very good. Uh, and then when I make a really good one, uh, or what I think is a really good one, I get really excited about it. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're familiar with that. Uh, it's like we make these trophies. It's in, it's interesting. It's either a turd or a trophy. I mean, there is no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how looking back, you know, you've been kind of through this interview, you know, you've been a, a slightly nostalgic towards uh, you've mentioned two previous projects. You've mentioned the people that you've worked with since high school. And I'm just wondering uh, if, holding this trophy talking about this album now it, i've listened to it you should be really proud of it you know Thank i you. want you to talk about some of the things that went into it like you know we talked about the drummer just going nuts what are some of the other okay so like for example the song that that i had you sent me a stark naked song like just you and an acoustic and yeah it sounded like it, it sounded like you and acoustic in a hotel room contemplating some serious stuff is what it sounded like to me <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was i was in a hotel room i recorded that and i don't know if you've been to missouri uh but there's uh a, you know it depends on depending on who you ask this is kind of part of the st louis area but it isn't there's a town called farmington missouri and i was hanging out down there i was overseeing some construction projects and i was staying in a hotel there and I just driving through the woods, the wooded areas between Potosi, where the site was, the work site, and Farmington, where my hotel was. There were a lot of, uh, you know, rural areas. It's all rural, I'll be honest. But I just got to thinking about 
you know, folk religion. And I had this image of a prayer that someone might be offering up to a moon goddess or something. And that's kind of where I, where I came from when writing this tune. And I just, you know, the whole idea of, a, I get this image of the room I was in really, because the room I was in, it was kind of renovated. It had wood floors, which I wasn't used to. And, you know, your, your typical holiday in uh, whatever motel six, what have you all the light from outside would just reflect off the floor. And I'm just, I get that image in my head, you know, oh, angel, oh, angel, oh, goddess of night, crawl on my floor and bless me with your light. That crawling on the floor is the light. And it's just like this whole image I'm trying to paint. I don't know if I'm doing it clumsily or not, but another track, Together We Own the Sky and the, the main tracks for Moments Flat, those were all recorded in a hotel room. And incidentally, the uh, bridge vocal on uh, Together We Own the Sky was recorded at a time when I was actually combating COVID. So, and some of the vocal performance on the song that you and I worked on together, there's a little bit of a, of a COVID croak in my voice on that one too. My voice hasn't been the same since COVID. Uh, are, are you still having effects on your voice from COVID? You know, I, I've been, uh, I, I think it's gotten back to where it was and I've, I'm able to, to pretty well sing what I was singing before. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately for my family, I've gotten into this habit of trying to <laughs> sing songs that uh, I'm trying to expand my range, put it that way. And they get to bear the, uh, <laughs> they get to tolerate the, the the flaws that i tend to generate <laughs> <laughs> you know i like that birmingham uh album that you brought up uh the song birmingham new street and yeah. the, the new album you really like this effect for folks that don't know the echoey sound in some of his song and some of brian's songs i'm gonna talk like you're not here is called <laughs> reverb and I think it's a really bold move that you put your songs in these wide open spaces and you paint these ginormous old sounding rooms and you're talking about very new, very current problems. I find that's a relevant way to weasel your way in somebody like me's brain is appeal to like the nostalgic part uh, of our musical memory while uh, talking about things like I think one of your songs has a cell phone in it or something and I want you to talk about is that intentional or do you think that it's just something that happens when i choose music to listen to like if i'm here at home or i'm in the car i can't just decide oh i want to listen to uh i want to listen to uh sergeant pepper by the beatles just arbitrarily i choose something that goes with the time of day the time of year uh or the and or the location of where i am i've got these these songs sort of planned out where they belong case in point uh and i'm going to break away from uh, the indie realm here when it gets around september october uh there's an album trilogy that i break out without fail and they're the it's a trio of jethro tull albums called songs from the wood heavy horses and Stormwatch. and those are my 
September, October, November listens. I always do that. And especially if there's a, like if I'm in the car, if I know I'm going to be driving at night, uh, there's an album I put on. Uh, this is going to really date me. Uh, there's a, a band that's a one hit wonder here in America, but they are uh, more well to do outside. The band AHA. They had an album they came out with in 93 called Memorial Beach. And if I'm going to be driving around at night, I got to put that on because the sounds that go with it, it's just, it's the perfect soundtrack. And so I allude to that because when I'm working on mixing the production of a song, it, it to me, it has to sort of go with uh, like a movie that might play in your head. And so what I'm trying to do is not so much create a literal picture of what the song is saying. If it in fact is saying anything literal, sometimes I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to create a song that might uh, evoke an image in your head. Precisely. And it does, it does that. It, it sometimes like there's uh see, I'm, I'm in a production brain right now. So I have like the fast one, the slow one, the ones with the crazy drums. There's, there's one at the end with crazy drums too. I'm thinking, Hmm. Here's a guy who is really concerned about atmosphere. When you and I worked and you had painted that atmosphere of a hotel room, I find little things like that all throughout the album. And I want to know basically if there are techniques you do to achieve that, or if it happens on accident, maybe a little bit of both, because what I'm really impressed with is the fact that there is escape to be had in your record and to be frank most of the stuff that i listen to or that i'm sent uh is focused on a message or is focused on um production quality or whatever and you like throw kind of all that out the window and you're and you're putting scenes in and and uh nostalgia and sentimentality and stuff like that out there is is that what you're trying to do uh, you know, probably inadvertently I am because, you know, some will say it's because I'm a Pisces that uh, I'm nostalgic. Apparently Pisces are very nostalgic. I didn't know that, but that's what I've been told. <laughs> um, I, I think I am nostalgic by nature. I tend to, you, you mentioned in your show a few weeks back that you were a Luddite. And uh, I, I myself am one also. I appreciate the uh, the loyalty of fine vinyl. I I love the game of baseball, and I I'm one of those people who detract when they change it. Uh, I just I like old movies, and my 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 son who is sort of getting the bug for video editing is it sounds he positions it more as a complaint. But that all of the pictures and the video that I use and content is always black and white. And so I, I think I think I'm probably doing this on purpose, but I'm also probably just doing it by accident at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I, it makes total sense, Brian. I mean, uh, I think as artists, that's that's kind of how we all, uh, you know, fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> with with a plan 
yeah. a, a loose a loose idea of a plan anyway that's right it, it makes total sense uh i just think you're particularly good at it uh oh, thank all. you um you know we're gonna wind down here but what i'd like for you to do is maybe talk about what is in the future for this album uh, what is in the future for the Brian Jen? What you're working on now? What you can talk about, um, and maybe some plans and where to find you and stuff. Well, you know, to to get that all out of the way, uh, I don't actually have a website, but um, the closest thing I have to a website is Bandcamp, of course. So it's Brian Jen dot Bandcamp dot com, and that's Jen. That's J I N, not G I N. I always say it's a Jen like the color, not like the drink. Um, and of course that only makes sense if you speak Chinese because gin is Chinese for gold. <laughs> um, of course, uh, you can stream the select tracks from this album so far on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple music, whoever side you're on, uh, Amazon music, Deezer, all my Deezer fans out there. I know you're there. <laughs> um, you know, whatever else out there, everything, I always like to say everything but Pandora, because, you know, expletive Pandora. <laughs> and uh, as far as, as far as what we're doing right now, you know, uh, I've, I've just been talking with the, with the guys and there's been like, okay, well, that's done. It's time to move on to the next one. And usually I'm right there with them. Because right after uh, Birmingham New Street was released, the first thing we did was not have a listening party and, you know, have a toast and celebrate our victory of creating an album. We got right to work on the next one so we could have a single ready by New Year's Day, which wound up being the song Riviera. And so we, we got right to work on songs that would be the next album, The Frenchtown Connection. Uh, this time around, I kind of want to do things a little bit differently where instead of immediately starting to plow ahead with more content, maybe let this album marinate for a little bit and, you know, kind of sit back and, and maybe take in a few abbreviated performances here and there, um, you know, try and try and just attract some attention to it because I feel like we maybe sold Birmingham new street short by not doing that. And so what my plan, my personal plans are right now is to just kind of plug away on, on this record and, and just kind of let those who wish to enjoy it, have some time to enjoy it. And, you know, take, it takes some personal time because that's kind of been lacking for me anyway, it's like, I just, I, you know, as indie folks, we, we work nine to fives or 10 to sixes or what have you. But then we work on, you know, work on this stuff in between work and looking after family. And I just feel like it, it's a good time for me to, you know, let it sit, let it get heard while I sit back and, you know, have some Irish cream and read a book. That sounds lovely. And it's a great time of year for that too. You know, it's nice. It's getting nice and cool. You know, Irish oh, cream yeah. sounds nice. 
Well, I, I really appreciate you showing up and, and me showing up and us finally getting together and talk. You know, as much as we talk, I think this might be the first time we've actually talked. And I think it is, yeah. And so uh, it feels really good to get that uh, done. And, and I really wish you a lot of success on the record because I, I enjoyed listening to it the past couple of days. And like I said, it, it you know, it's it's got all these moments that help you ride through this scene or atmosphere in it. And it's, it's really nice to have going. And what we do is, is kind of, and, and I don't tend to compliment myself very often, but I'm going to do it here. And what, when we make records and when I make records, I don't have a lot to work with. I don't have a studio space. I don't have uh, a computer I don't have Sure 57s or condenser mics laying all over the place. I, I have an iPhone with the GarageBand app. And so one thing I am good at that I can confidently say is I'm good at working with what I have. Yeah, see, that was what I was hoping sometime to get out of you a little earlier was some of these kind of <laughs> with, with some of this kind of philosophy talk. Brian, you did so well. Thank you so much for coming oh, on the you. shadows. Well, well, thanks for having me. I, uh, I I really appreciate what you're doing, and uh, I mean, the not only the material that uh, you and Carrie put out, but I mean, I've been I've been listening to the podcast since uh, since episode one. I think I'm behind one, but that's okay because I can listen to the next one tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a great and informative ride. And uh, I just, uh, who was it, Dino, that you were talking with a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, uh, Dino DeBuro. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that he was saying is like, holy cow, that's exactly what I think. <laughs> yeah, and the feedback I've been getting from uh, that episode is that uh, that's exactly what a lot of people think. And so, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that makes uh, everyone feel good to hear them, uh, their voice on the radio and for Dino to hear people uh, think like he does. You know, it, it makes me feel really good to be a part of that. Thanks again for coming. And uh, I'll talk to you uh, whenever. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for this week of the Friendly Shadows. We had three episodes this week and... It's gone really, really well. So thanks for staying tuned. Next week on Monday, Stephen Crane and Laura Kelsey. Thanks. We'll see you in the shadows. <laughs>